98K News. Good afternoon. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The Chief Executive defends the decision to bypass the extradition proposal bills committee. Huawei's founder strikes a defiant tone against U.S. attempts to block his company's global ambitions. And Formula One racing legend Nicky Lauda has died at the age of 70. The chief executive, Carrie Lamb, says the decision to table its controversial extradition proposals to the full council and bypass a bills committee was a difficult one. She said she attached great importance to the relationship between the executive and the legislature and hoped the move wouldn't damage it. Speaking before the weekly Exco meeting, Mrs Lamb said it was impractical to withdraw the bill and the government was being responsible by bypassing the committee, which had been deadlocked in a dispute over who should chair the meetings. This is not an act of disrespect of the Legislative Council. We have simply no option in order to break the deadlock and the impasse that we have seen now over the scrutiny of this particular piece of legislation. Pro-government legislator Paul Sayre has called on the government to engage in more public discussion on its extradition amendments before the bill's second reading in LegCo on June the 12th. There are still a few weeks between now and then, and I would have thought perhaps the government can certainly engage public discussions more uh, in terms of explaining their position, the urgency, the scope, and their position vis-à-vis the uh, various proposals, uh, various uh, amendments as to whether they accept it or otherwise. So I would have thought perhaps time would be better spent on that sort of uh, area rather than uh, wasting time having uh, uh, these bickerings among ourselves within the uh, legislature itself. The leader of the pro-business Liberal Party says he's disappointed with the government's move to bypass the Bills Committee. Felix Chung says the extradition bill is controversial and complicated and lawmakers should be given more time in the committee to scrutinise it. He outlined further amendments he wanted. I'm going to do some amendment on this bill, even though I cannot do it in the Bills Committee, but I'll definitely do it on the full council. The first one is the years of retrospective. I really think... There is a limit on the years of retrospective on different criminal cases. The other one is the year of sentence. Right now, the government is saying that any sentence under three years will be waived. So I want to raise it to seven years rather than three years. And roundtable lawmaker Michael Tien says the government should reconsider its decision to fast-track the bill if LegCo can come up with its own solution to move past the current impasse by this afternoon. He said the bill's committee could function properly again if Democrat James Toe was willing to let pro-government lawmaker Abraham Sheck lead the committee. He added that the government shouldn't have preempted LegCo. If James Toe resigned, then I think it would pave the way for the bill's comp immediately get into the session of electing a chairman and start the uh, procedure or you know, the process right away. If nothing happens, then we still have Friday where the House Committee will have to take a vote on whether LESCO decide to recommend or tell government take it uh, all the way to Council to maintain the integrity of executive and legislature, the check and balance and all the procedures that are in place. To other news, a housing society scheme allowing subsidised flat owners to sublet their homes has yet to record a successful deal. Eight months since the pilot programme was launched. The chief executive announced in her policy address last year that this scheme was meant to be expanded to cover public flats under the Housing Authority in a bid to boost housing supply. But in light of the lukewarm response, the society says it's considering changes to the proposal and they could be announced next month. 
A member of the authority, Anthony Chu, says the scheme would be more attractive if more than one person could rent a particular flat. Because the cost of the house is very high when only one family will live in. And several family or several persons will live in, they can share the, the cost. The Democratic Party has urged the Buildings Department to turn down a developer's request to relax the permitted subsidence level of its project near a light rail station in Tinsoi Wai. Currently, Sunhungai Properties has to halt its construction when the tin wing stops platform sinks 80 millimetres and it's been reported that authorities found the platform has sunk as much as 96 millimetres this month. The property giant had then reportedly filed an application to the Buildings Department asking for the subsidence limit of the station to be relaxed and changed to 150 millimetres. But pro-democracy legislator Andrew Wan says officials should refuse their application over safety concerns, as he and several of his party members protested at the building department's headquarters this morning. I think the de- developer's uh, request is unreasonable and nonsense. And, for example, if up to 150mm and the land sinking is still uh, keeping, so what next? Will they apply for 200mm? That is an endless game. I hope that the uh, building department object the developer's uh, application and try to monitor the construction site safety. Security officials say a legal challenge filed last month against the government's decision to rezone a stretch of the Central Harbour Front for use by the People's Liberation Army has no impact on their work to pass legislation to protect it. The government is planning to hand over the 0.3 hectare dock to the PLA as soon as possible and is proposing to designate it a protected area. Under the proposal, anyone who refuses or obstructs the work of authorised guards stationed there is liable to a fine of $2,000 and imprisonment for up to six months. The proposed orders and regulations are expected to take effect on the 29th of June. During a meeting of the subcommittee on subsidiary legislation relating to the central military dock, Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Ka Kee asked if anything would be done to mitigate people's fear of the army and if they would draw their guns on people if they accidentally trespassed. A Deputy Secretary for Security, Mimi Lee, replied through an interpreter. And as long as the public understand that it is a military facility, uh, it is made open for public enjoyment, so they should not worry themselves too much. So if the dock is made open to the public, the garrison has informed us they will be sufficient notice, it will not cause fear or alarm, because they do conduct a lot of publicity work. Huawei founder Run Zhengfei says the United States underestimates his company and the telecom giant's 5G plans aren't affected by U.S. moves to thwart its business. He made the comments in an interview with mainland state media CCTV. Here's Jimmy Choi. Huawei founder Ren Zhengfei struck a defiant tone against American attempts to block his company's global ambitions, saying the U.S. underestimates the telecom giant's strength. He said the company couldn't be isolated from the world. And in 5G technology, he said, others won't be able to catch up with Huawei in two to three years. He was speaking days after President Trump blacklisted companies seen as a threat to U.S. national security. The U.S. Commerce Department has banned American companies from selling or transferring U.S. technology to Huawei, but this morning issued a three-month delay to allow for contractual obligations. Earlier, the U.S. Internet giant Google said it would cut ties with Huawei in light of the ban. 
Mr. Ren said half of the chips used in Huawei equipment came from the United States, and the other half were made by Huawei, which had a stockpile of them. Asked how long Huawei may face difficult times, Mr. Ran said, "You may need to ask Trump about this question, not me." Scientists have warned they believe global sea levels could rise far more than predicted due to an acceleration of the rate at which ice is melting in Greenland and Antarctica. Until now, experts have anticipated the world's seas could rise by just under one meter by the year 2100. Here's the BBC's Matt McGrath. In this new study, a group of 22 of the world's leading ice scientists say that the world could be heading for over two meters of sea level rise by the end of this century, and that has profound consequences. They say for people all over the world, major cities like London, Shanghai, New York could be a threat. Countries like Bangladesh and the Nile Delta could be devastated. Millions of people, in fact, hundreds of millions of people, could lose their homes or be displaced by these rising waters. President Trump has formally blocked a demand from Democrats in the U.S. Congress to hear testimony from the former White House Counsel Don McGahn. Mr. McGahn had been due to appear tonight to be questioned about whether Mr. Trump illegally obstructed the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. Is the BBC's Gary O'Donoghue? Citing a legal opinion from the Department of Justice, the White House says that 50 years of bipartisan precedent means Mr. McGann is not legally required to appear to answer questions about his official responsibilities when he was doing the job. And in case he thought that left the decision up to him, the statement from the press secretary says he's been directed not to go. That could leave Mr. McGann open to a vote of contempt by the House, and is likely to lead to court battles in which Democrats will seek to enforce their subpoena. A French court has ordered doctors to resume life support for a quadriplegic man whose case has become central to the right to die debate in France. The intervention came as doctors had begun switching off life support for Vincent Lambert. More from the BBC's David Banford. Vincent Lambert has been in a vegetative state since a motorcycle accident in 2008. His care has divided the country and his family. His wife had called for his feeding tubes to be withdrawn. His parents insisted he be kept alive. A judicial ruling determined that Mr. Lambert should be removed from life support, and that process had begun. But in a dramatic reversal, the Paris Court of Appeal has now ordered life support measures be reinstated. A court in Portugal has found eight police officers guilty of kidnapping and beating up six youths from a predominantly black neighbourhood on the outskirts of Lisbon. Only one officer received a prison sentence; the others were given suspended sentences. This report from the BBC's Mike Sanders. It's an outcome that's likely to please no one. Eight of the 17 officers on trial were found guilty of offences including assault, kidnapping, and falsifying statements to play down what they'd done. Their lawyers say they will appeal, but charges of racism were dropped. It dates back to a noonday incident in February 2015 in Cova da Moura, a drug-ridden shanty town. Police pinned a black youth to a wall and opened fire with rubber buckshot at bystanders who remonstrated. The injured said officers racially abused them, but the court. That the claims could not be substantiated. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at twenty-seven thousand eight hundred and thirty-one. That's forty-three points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at fifty-six billion dollars. To currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at one hundred and ten point one nine yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and eleven cents, and the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and ninety-eight cents. Now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung.
The three-time Formula One world champion Niki Lauda has died at age 70. The Austrian is regarded as one of Formula One's greatest drivers. A year after winning his first F1 driver's title in 1975, Lauda crashed his Ferrari during the German Grand Prix and suffered serious burns that scarred him for life. But he made a shocking return to the sport just six weeks later. He went on to claim his second F1 title in 1977. In the years after he retired from driving, Lauda developed a second career as an airline entrepreneur. He kept close ties with Formula One, and in recent years, he served as a non-executive chairman for the Mercedes team. On the football news, the former president of Real Madrid, Ramon Calderon, says it's unlikely that the club will be signing the Paris Saint-Germain forward Kylian Mbappe during this transfer window. The French international has been linked with a move to Real. After appearing to hint that he could be leaving PSG, but Calderon says money can be a stumbling block. I find it very difficult. I've、uh, been reading that. I think it's gossip now.、Uh, I don't see PSG leaving、uh, a player like him, with t- 20 years old, now the maybe the best、uh, player for the future. The problem will be the money.、Uh, take into account that、uh, since Neymar w- went、uh, to PSG from Barcelona and they paid 20- 222 million, now、uh, the bar has been set very high. And、uh, it will be difficult to sign a player like him. And mainly, Real Madrid now engaged in refurbishment of the stadium and going to spend more than 500 million in it. The Golden State Warriors have swept their way into a fifth consecutive NBA Finals. They finished off the Portland Trailblazers with a 119-117 overtime win, thanks to triple doubles from Steph Curry and Draymond Green. By wrapping up the series in four games, the Warriors can give extra rest to some of their banged-up players, including All-Star Kevin Durant, who didn't play in the series against Portland because of a knee injury. But our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich believes the Warriors will be. Without him. The、uh, Warriors have now won 30 of 31 games without the services of Durant. I go all the way back to that first NBA championship、uh, a couple of years ago without Durant, and the、uh, Warriors with Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green, the original big three. They're exciting, and you know it's quite clear that、uh, without Kevin Durant, the Warriors can still win, and they play a little bit more、uh, up-tempo basketball. And I love the flow of the game. With respect to how Curry and Thompson play, tomorrow it's Game Four of the Eastern Conference Final between the Toronto Raptors and the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee lead that series two games to one, and that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive defends the decision to bypass the extradition proposal bills committee, and Huawei's founder strikes a defiant tone against U.S. attempts to block his company's global ambitions. The news from RTHK. Six months for a callback. You want it back? Don't blame yourself for trying. Just blame yourself for messing up. No, shoulda known that you had a shot. Six months for a callback. Guess you forgot. Playing for the taking, but you're gaming when you aim for.
Talking, but you gave.